Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Tunes and Tumblers by Atwood Magazine. Listening to music is more than an auditory experience. Tunes and Tumblers explores the way our senses mingle by pairing new and classic albums with cocktail and mocktail recipes. We invite you to bring out your inner mixologist as we approach the music we love from a unique, immersive, and thoroughly delicious perspective. So put up your feet and enjoy a cold one on us. I'm your host, Anthony, and it's good to be back after our little Labor Day break. Summer is winding down, and the giant Home Depot lawn skeletons are popping up all over Sierra Madre. People are wrapping themselves in flannel scarves and huge brimmed hats for the season. The only problem is that it's still north of 90 degrees here. I think that's because on Labor Day, Pitbull didn't see his shadow, which we all know means six more weeks of summer. So please wait for that chill responsibly. Of course, we all know that drinking alone is a sad, sad business, so I found someone practicing Gen Z slang on Duolingo and asked her to join me on the show today, and she is... Kaylin, your cocktail artist. And our guest today is a founding member of a pop punk band hailing from Orlando, Florida. They began their journey in a Staples parking lot in 2018 and have since graduated to tours with Some 41 and Simple Plan, a record deal with Epitaph, and a TikTok following of over 700,000. They've quickly become known for their distinct and compelling fusion of hip-hop, pop-punk, and emo, as well as carrying the torch for inclusivity and diversity in the scene. They made a deep splash with their debut full-length album, Baku's Revenge, last year, which carried forward their commitment to addressing real-world problems while delivering catchy melodies and massive guitar hooks, as well as cutting-edge production, and has left me with several earworms I still can't shake out of my head. He's here today to discuss the recent release of their twin EPs, Moon Eater and Soul Eater, a yin and yang showcase for their love of experimenting and a testament to the power of music to create shared experiences and provoke meaningful dialogue. Tunes and Tumblers fam, please welcome Tristan Torres of Magnolia Park to the pod. I wanna be a radio Hey, what's going on? Hey, man. Thanks for being here. I heard right before we got on the call here that you managed to miss the hurricane over there in Florida. Yeah. Yeah, but just barely. Um, We just got back from the UK and from doing Reading and Leeds and safely made it over here. 
Orlando didn't get hit too bad, so that's good, but Tampa for sure did. Unfortunately, over here, we did not miss the hurricane, even though it wasn't that bad. I just stayed inside mm -hmm. and cuddled with the pugs. So anyway, before we get started, we need to break the ice a little bit. What has everyone been listening to lately? I've been listening to, on repeat, like David, uh, Romantic Homicide. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I love listening to that song, and then uh, sometimes scrolling through TikToks and seeing all these like sad happy moments and yeah that's been my vibe lately david i thought it was pronounced d4 vid i might have been wrong I'm, i'll just go with david <laughs> you're probably right i'm most definitely wrong let's see what have i been listening to i've got a trio of songs i just can't stop listening to and the first is kenny hoopla's song you needed a hit i mm. just i love him i've been on the kenny hoopla train since he came out with how can I rest in peace if I'm buried by a highway? And I've seen yeah. him in concert twice, once very recently at Bottle Rock a couple months ago. But yeah, for those who don't know, he's pretty much part of the new, uh, the new guard of pop punk. He's a fantastic performer. I'm so happy that he's going on tour again because I'm going to have more opportunities to see him. And this song, You Needed a Hit, it might be my favorite because it's raw. It's just unbridled ferocity. And I think he's at his best when he goes fast and raw like that. The next two songs are submitted by fans of the show. And the first one's by this UK band. They've been sending me a lot of stuff now. They're called The Great Leslie. And their new song, Burn Me, Drown Me, is so good. It gives the hives and fratellis in the best way. And, you know, they've released a steady stream of songs in the past year. And this is my favorite by far. It's an easy add to any indie rock playlist. I think I mentioned Charles Rojas the last time we did this. He's back with yet another song. It's called So, So Good. The best way I can describe it is Sade meets Chic, so disco meets late 80s R&B, and it, it just works so well. I love that he's in his disco era, and I can't wait to see what he's got next. But yeah, that's me. Kaylin, what have you been listening to recently? I've been listening to uh, Kid Bloom's new album, Shaky Knees. He's an LA-based singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, and he kind of has this sort of 1970s, 1980s pop, electronic, and like psych-infused sound. You get his songs in your ears and you can't get them out. And I've introduced a couple people to him recently, and it's like everybody just, every song is a bop. And it's like, you could have it on repeat for hours just like you know when you'd put a record on and you'd flip it over and play it again and again because you don't have any other records back in the day you back in the day you would play the cds until you got the scratches all over them CDs, exactly nice. yeah right? no i was i, I was talking about vinyl <laughs> <laughs> oh wow yeah oh my god so i went to a vintage store the other day and all the vintage clothes were from the early 2000s and i'm like this is disgusting <laughs> oh god we're, we're at that era everyone i hate it I don't know. I, hate it. I don't know how old you are, Tristan. Are you old enough to remember real Rhapsody at all? No. One of the early <laughs> music applications that you could get for your computer. I remember burning a bunch of CDs with like yellow card on them, and then they had a visualizer that was a little dancing sheep who would just dance along to the the music you were playing. All I'm saying is bring that back. iTunes, you know, real doesn't do things anymore. You should do that. But yeah, anyway, true. yeah, if you want to hear more of what we've had on repeat, check out our YBLT playlist on Spotify. YBLT, of course, stands for what have you been listening to? And right now it has a picture of not a delicious sandwich, but of a loaf of pug, because that is our other favorite thing. Um, it has songs we talk about in this segment, along with listener submissions. So tell us what you're listening to. Send us your stuff. Send us your friend's stuff. We'd love to feature it all. 
But you know, everyone, it's that time. It's time to go into the bar. We've got quite the special on the sandwich board, I hear. But before that, what did you bring to show the bouncer, Tristan? I got you. I brought uh, this EMF reader. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's uh, for, for ghost hunting. And then I, uh, <laughs> I brought the Celsius, too. The Peach Vibe is the, is the best. Yeah. So the ghost hunting, um, I actually have a whole kit. You have a ghost hunting kit? Yeah. Oh my God. That is, that is quite the kit. That's a whole Pelican case. What is in there? Let's see. Let's see if I can open this up. I got a, a spirit box. This does, this is like a thermal right here. So it's like when a ghost is nearby, like the temperature drops. Yeah. And then, uh, some recording equipment stuff. Me and my friend in Florida, there's a bunch of like old areas, abandoned areas, especially in the Leesburg area where I now live. So me and my friends go ghost hunting sometimes, do ghost tours. Pretty fun, you know? Have you found anything? <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty weird stuff. We went to this old hotel from like the 1800s and we had uh, the dowsing rods and you basically asked like ghosts, yes or no questions. And we were talking to the ghost for a while. It was pretty weird, pretty surreal and spooky. <laughs> So it's like, yes, one vibrates and then no, the other one vibrates or something? Uh, yes, one closes uh, and no goes th that oh, way. Oh, so okay. I guess I have a yeah. lot to learn about ghost hunting. Yeah, it's a pretty weird uh, thing. So I hope the bouncer lets me in, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think that this place the might be haunted. The bouncer is a ghost. The bouncer is a uh, ghost, I think. Okay. So is that, why, good. is that why he's grabbing the dowsing rods and pointing them in and pushing them out? Yeah. For well, sure. at, le at least we know it works. That's why he never goes home. You know that, right, Anthony? Bouncer never goes home. I didn't know this, but, you know, it's good. Do we have to pay ghosts? Because I would like to take him off the payroll if not. They usually charge sexual favors. So I, this have is you getting, been taking care of that? You know, the canon around our, our bouncer keeps getting weirder and weirder. <laughs> there was a point where he was like a, a human Wi-Fi hotspot. But you know, if he's a ghost, that kind of that kind of tracks a little bit. Do ghosts can ghosts conduct internet? I uh, I wouldn't know. <laughs> That's the next thing you got to do. Figure it's out if the wi yeah, figure out if the Wi-Fi is better in haunted houses. I'll, I'll check it out for you guys. <laughs> we appreciate that. And you know what? We're in. Welcome to the Tunes and Tumblers bar. We've done our best to make it look like a Zoom meeting. Uh, do you think we've done a good job here? Yeah, it looks pretty solid. <laughs> I thought it was your actual room. Oh yeah, uh, no. Oh no, that is See, that is fake as fuck. Or or I'm just a ghost too, <laughs> phasing in and out of existence in my fake Zoom background. Well, great, we're here, and now for the peace day resistance. Our magic jukebox here that actually canonly is haunted by a goth girl. So maybe we we'll, we can get those dowsing rods out and see like what she would like to play. But I this time would like to play a couple of EPs by the band Magnolia Park called soul eater and moon eater and you know tristan i've got to hand it to you these eps together they're a roller coaster of emotions and i mean that in the best possible way so on one hand you have moon eaters darker metalcore infused sound it just hits you right in the feels like i can't help but appreciate like how you guys have channeled these intense emotions there it's cathartic honestly and then soul eater 
it's like a breath of fresh air after that heavy dive. There's that lighter, poppier sound, and you've got the synths and bubbly production. And it's just like this burst of sunshine breaking through the clouds. And you know, it's amazing that you've managed to create two EPs that are so distinct in sound and yet connected thematically. It's like the yin and yang of the human experience. You can't have one without the other. But you know what? I'm getting ahead of myself. We're going to talk about all this later. I have a drink in front of me, and I'm not sure how it got here. Kaylin, can you tell me what I am holding in my hand? So in line with, you know, the multifaceted moods that your albums have and the the messages you're portraying, you know, and the difference between, you know, heart eater, soul eater and moon eater, you know, they're all different entities. <laughs> and so I decided to do a layered drink. In this layered drink, you have amaretto, passion fruit cream and cognac. It can be made into a small shot if you don't want to go nuts. Or you could do what I do and put two ounces of each. You basically just, you know, pour the second two layers over a spoon carefully and it gets that definition of the layers. Because, you know, when in your music, you create this sort of empowerment out of your, you know, the negative energies and having the layers to things, I think it's really tight. (laughs) And I think that being able to have a cocktail that embodies that, that you can get trashed on is also really important. For sure. (laughs) And you know, uh, one thing that I want to mention to listeners, because like I was trying to make this for a long time this morning, make sure you chill your ingredients. That's the key to get them to layer. I didn't know that. And I'm like, why does this look like a a muddled mess for like half an hour? I'm learning. You just need to make it with a ghost in your vicinity. That's all. Well, maybe there just has to be a ghost nearby. Maybe the ghost can clean up the kitchen now that I'm done with it. Also, Kaylin, how do I drink this? Do I sip it or am I just going like ham? Am I just downing this whole thing? You don't have to down the whole thing, but don't necessarily sip it. Like take it, take a nice gulp. All right. Take it. Take it like the amount that a shot would be should be that you like your initial like. Ugh. Yeah, because I want to get all three layers. I don't just want the cognac on top. Oh, chug, 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 chug. I think we need to toast first. But Kaylin, what are we calling this? Well, I was hoping that you would have like said something in our conversation that like gave me a good name idea. Part of me wants to call it Baku's Revenge. I don't know. You know, I was making this and something came to me and tell me if this works. What about the passion eater? Oh, I like that. <laughs> Let's go with that. The passion You're better eater at naming things anyway. I don't know. I just spent a lot of time trying to follow your instructions this morning. Cheers, everyone. I'm going to try this. This I'm going to chug it. Um, if I can't talk for the rest of the episode, oh my God. <laughs> are you toasting with uh, with multi-purpose cleaner, Tristan? Oh, my bad. <laughs> uh, I'll do the salsa. Cheers. There you go. There you go. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Woo. Oh my God. That is good. And oh my God, that is strong. Oh, do you feel your, does your heart feel better? Oh, I can't feel my heart. No, it's because it's the passion eater, Anthony. Does that mean it's working? For sure. When all, when you feel all your passion's gone and all you want to sit do is sit there and stare off into space and wonder why you're here, then you know Every that's day. when it's working. Mm-hmm. Tunes and Tumblers fam, stick around because when we come back, we're talking to Tristan all about Soul Eater, Moon Eater, and hopefully Man Eater by Hall & Oates, but that remains to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> so, You've been waiting to say that one, haven't you? I wrote it down last night. I was really excited about it. I can't keep
Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Welcome back, right. everyone. We are here with Tristan Torres of the band Magnolia Park. And I'm just really excited to talk to you about your guys' new EPs, Moon Eater and Soul Eater. I'm really excited about these EPs. These dual EPs can almost be called dueling EPs in my mind. You have the lighter, poppier sound of Soul Eater and the darker metalcore angst of Moon Eater. Was this always intended as a dual release with distinct sounds and identities? It was kind of uh, funny because we were writing for our album that's coming up in October, Halloween Mixtape 2. And we're, we're going through the phases of every year we put out like this EP series called... Uh, basically like an eater we wanted to do a duel i had the idea of like com- doing two sides of us because we we're trying to get better at these two sides of like magnolia park so when we were doing the writing we were just trying to push ourselves for these two eps and like expand on the sound that we already have um that way like people can get ready for what's to come in october um essentially so you're just always like on the next thing <laughs> yeah yeah do I'm you ever do you ever just live in the moment <laughs> Yeah, I definitely do when we're on tour. I try to do that when we're on tour, for sure, because I don't really have to do anything else but, like, get ready for a show, like, set up merch and stuff. But, uh, but yeah, for the most part, like, I, I like to plan our year, like, year, like, a year ahead. Like, I map out everything for everybody. I'm like, here's what we're going to do uh, this year, guys, and uh, we're going to drop these two EPs, and then we're going to drop the album, and then we're going to do our best to make it happen. Does anyone ever tell you you're you're a type A personality? No, not yet. <laughs> Interesting. I was having a conversation with somebody the other day about it, how like people who are very much like on top of things and, and want to be the best of the best and want to, you know, constantly improve themselves and are the team leader and obsessive and detail oriented and kind of scary. We sort of coined this name for ourselves to like market ourselves as like better than everybody else. So like there's type A and then, you know, there's beta, whatever. Yeah. You know, I like being a beta cuck. So just w. call me a uh, a type B person and I'm fine. That's cute. <laughs> <laughs> 
So you said that like each year you like to do an eater and I know that like with Baku's Revenge, Baku himself as a character are like the eaters their own characters? Yes. When we started the band, I was really inspired by like gorillas and like anime overall. Me and the rest of the guys too. We just wanted to create a world that's like outside of like the band members and the music. When our song Sacred Vault came out, we created our character Baku. And then we started to run with like this world for Baku and um, bringing in like small details and lore very subtly. Because we want to do an anime album eventually <laughs> when we have like the funds and everything and put that out. But yeah, Harrier is a character, Dream Eater is Baku, and you can see in our vinyl, like all the characters we have and stuff, especially on the upcoming record, uh, Halloween Mixtape 2 is going to have like every character when you open it up and stuff, you know? Is each album, you know, a different storyline within this world? Is it like, you know, just continuation? Is it, or is it, you know, separate, separate adventures? Or is it just kind of... Going with the flow. It we're we're like slowly building the world for these characters is the idea. And then um eventually we can actually like explain the story fully in the lore, but like there's definitely like tidbits and we have a music video for Sunburst and that has like the most lore, I would say, in the video. And then in, in our videos we always included like Baku and stuff. And then uh, our other music video, Houdini, has lore for that character. So we do our best to like tidbits of the story and you can kind of tell who the villains are and you can tell who like the main character is and stuff too so you're still just like in the setup stage not yet like in the full storytelling we're just getting to know who everybody is you're setting the, the cast yeah. so who is baku what's what's his uh, what's his deal uh i can't give too much uh baku <laughs> is is basically if you like Corpse's Bride and like seeing like how they like transform when they go into the underworld and stuff, Baku is a different Baku is Baku in the underworld and then up there he's a normal person. Best way to describe mm. it. You know? So it's like a transformative thing where he enters one realm and he's completely different. It's yeah. almost like a shadow self kind of thing. Yeah. That's really right. cool. Like it reminds me a lot of the Everworld series of books from when we were kids. Does anyone remember those? Okay, <laughs> it's it's the same woman. It's the same woman who wrote Animorphs, and it was like her older, more grown-up series. And basically, it was like these high school kids get like drawn into this fantasy realm that's like where all of the myths live. So, like any myth that humanity creates in their mind comes into being in this world, and so they get stuck there. But the thing is, they're still in the normal world. It's just like they've separated into shadow selves. So, like. They will be in Everworld having their adventure as different people and then like their their people on Earth suddenly come back into being and they're like, whoa, like I'm back in the normal world now. Yeah, it's mm. crazy. It's crazy. I tried to find them on Amazon recently and they don't exist anymore. So that's that's that. Yeah, Anthony, we, we got we got you got sucked in. Yeah, I did. The thing about this drink, you know, it's delicious. And Kaylin, <laughs> um, I actually made like a very small adjustment to your recipe. Because when you add the passion fruit liqueur to the heavy cream in order to make the creme, it solidifies really quickly. So what I did was I took some Italian creamer and I poured it in to dilute it a little bit. And it's sweet. It's almost like a condensed milk. So like it becomes like really creamy and it's this sweet. That was offset. the kind yep. of that was the kind of cream that was intended, not heavy whipping cream, just to be clear. 
It was never supposed to be heavy whipping cream. It was supposed to be more of like, you know, just regular yeah. cream, not the kind that froths up and, and turns into whipped cream when you uh, right. mix it. I think like it works with both just because I was also looking up a few recipes for how to make your own Irish creamer and they combine those two things. And I'm like, oh, that that might be cool. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you can follow Kaylin's recipe. You can do Anthony's janky. I'm going to figure out how to fix this before the show type of thing. I'm sorry I couldn't be there to help you, but I'm proud of you for making it work and for getting trashed on it. Yeah, I I got the layers to work, which I'm very proud of. So, you know, I keep coming back to this quote that Josh gave in an interview with Upset Magazine, where he said, your past traumas don't predict your present, uh, while your present will predict your future. And it seems like the key to constructing a worthwhile future is being able to pass through trauma to the other side, so to speak. Has that been something that's been difficult for you guys in creating the music of Magnolia Park? Yeah, I mean, for, we, we we have like three main songwriters, me, Vince, our keyboardist, and uh, Freddie, our other guitarist, and then Josh writes as well, too. Yeah, we all have like different ways of writing songs. Like So like Freddie's very like trauma-based and anxiety. Like he deals with a lot and he writes about that stuff. When when I try to write about moving through that stuff, it's very like heavy on my like heart and brain. So I hate doing it. You know, it's like you're going into this like dark place and then you have to be in this dark place and then come through it. So yeah, definitely difficult for me. For Freddie, it's not really hard at all, I would say. Mm. You just always everybody, everybody deals with trauma in their own way, but how do you do how do you actually deal with yours? Are you just like ignoring it (laughs) um no i'm not yeah i'm not ignoring it for sure it's just difficult when you're in the present dealing with a lot of hard stuff you want to get your mind off that stuff you know like and cope with the some of our songs are about that like hopefully our songs can help someone get through their day like when they're having a tough day or dealing with a lot of things that's like when people comment like this helped me this song helped me so much is like that's what makes us want to keep on writing songs, you know, because it can help someone in some way. And that's the amazing thing about music. I mean, yeah, you guys have like that sort of uplifting part of it, you know, that even though you may be discussing something that's that's hard, it's still from this sort of uplifting perspective. Is that is that more of like your influence on it or is that still just kind of a combination of all of it? I I think that's like a combination of all of it for sure. Mm hmm. I think that like begs the question, who tackled most of Moon Eater and who tackled most of Soul Eater? Moon Eater. So like most of the way we write now is so me, Freddie and Vince will come with demos, like a lot of demos. And then um, we'll get together and like trash on each other's demos and be like, (laughs) make this better or that. Um, So Homicide, all three of us wrote together. Unholy Heart. I don't know if you know 100 Gex. Oh yeah. We, oh my God. Yeah, Kay- Kaylin hated yeah. hundred Gex until I brought her to a hundred Gex show. And then she's like, I get it. I understand why this band is awesome yeah. now. I, I needed yeah. to see them in person, honestly, like just listening to them on, you know, through headphones, through speakers or whatever. It's different. It's a different experience completely. And when you're there in person and you see these weirdos up on stage, like bouncing around and then their fans like arm in arm circling around each other to their songs, it just creates this sort of exciting and lighthearted and fun, like you can just let loose sort of mood. Yeah, Hunter Gex is amazing. We wrote Unholy Heart to Hunter uh, Gex instrumental. And that was probably like the weirdest way for a song that's not like a hyper pop song to come come about. So I would say like me and Freddie did most of uh, Moon Eater and then 
Vince and me did like like Soul Eater mostly, but it was definitely a combination of everybody. And then Josh, of course, like Josh is like our X Factor when writing. He like comes with like these amazing choruses sometimes. So it makes our process so easy. I guess that's why we can write so many songs like so fast, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You got all of these minds that kind of blend so well together. You know, I was thinking about D4U. That that seemed to me like, you know, pretty close to a hyper pop song toward the end. Hyper pop is like definitely a big influence, especially on Blood Love and Die For You. I think those songs, we have a lot of friends in the hyper pop world, like, uh, and we're just trying to make our own like path in it, you know? Mm hmm. It's so funny because like I feel like hyper pop was everywhere two years ago and like now I'm having trouble finding hyper pop music like it's supposed to be the next big thing. I I am totally in that world. I'm, wait, I'm waiting for like an air uh, DOA album. Glaive just dropped too. 100 Gex just dropped uh, but that was like more like a rock influence hyper pop. And we also have um, this local band that we've been friends with forever. Uh, I don't know if you're into like the swan core world and stuff like math rock and stuff but they're infusing uh hyper pop and like math rock into something cool i've not I'm heard of that but it sounds it's, awesome yeah it's really cool i'm intrigued we'll have to go see them in person so that you don't judge them immediately yeah so i don't try to throw your phone out the window <laughs> yeah she threatened to throw my phone out the window the first time i played 100 gex for her I was like, stop, like, you're be like, this is annoying. <laughs> it's not yeah, annoying. It like it's it's like, just when you're playing it on your phone with your shitty phone sound and you're just like, listen to this in my face. Like, it's not it's not like how you convince somebody to enjoy music. I'll mm -hmm. put it that way. The way to convince somebody to enjoy music is you take them to their show or you have a really good pair of headphones that you like put on their head and let them be all cozy and comfy and listen to it through good speakers. That's how. You know, speaking of taking friends to other shows, I know that you are going to be in Los Angeles playing like the day before or after Kenny Hoopla has his show in LA. So that's going to be a big week for me. Hell yeah. Kenny's so nice. Kenny, Ken, Kenny's new stuff is fire too. What's the song? I think it's called Fuck, Mary Kill. Yeah, new song. That, the one he did yeah. with Travis that's like on yeah. the radio right now. It's so good. That one is really good. I've been waiting on new Kenny Hoopla, so it's been a great time for sure. Yeah. We've we've asked him to be on the show before and like his management is like, yes, he's totally into this, but then he inevitably gets busy with something else. So eventually, Kenny, maybe the next time you're in L.A., we'll get you on the show. Maybe we'll get you guys and Kenny on the same episode in person. That would be dope. Yeah, we would definitely be down. Yeah, for sure. we'll drink. We'll drink the uh, passion eater together. So, but you know, before we wrap up the interview, I kind of want to talk about the discrimination that you guys said that you experienced as people of color entering the pop punk scene. Are you able to speak to that at all? So for like context, we get questions like this, like uh, saying that, uh, not like this question you just asked, but like questions like, did you guys purposely start a band with you guys all being like minorities? And we were just like, because when, when you start a band, I was just like, hey, my friend Josh is a great singer, you know, and my friend Freddie, Josh is black. Me and Freddie are Hispanic. Joe's black. We weren't like, oh, you're you're a minority. Let's go play in a band together. Like people people put these things on us just because we like to play rock music in the rock world. And it's like the weirdest thing in the world. You know, they're super. Josh always gets all these racist comments and it's super taxing on the mind yeah. for him and for all of us. You know, like we're just trying to. Um, make a difference in that that's why we have songs like don't be racist and 
we have another song called uh, Life in America. Sorry, Life in the USA. And we're, we're just trying to do something about these issues. Like every time we get a racist comment on TikTok or whatever, we try to respond to it and like show, hey, this is a real thing because people will tell us, oh, racism isn't a real thing in, anymore. Racism and metal and rock isn't real. But like we're literally showing you, look at these thousands of comments. Look, when we go to venues, sometimes like people treat venue, a venue owner was being super racist to Josh. And that was like, a that, that was terrible. Like we're on our own, like out there just like being a band. And we're like put in these environments where we're like not safe at all. We, we didn't think like that going into this, essentially. We didn't think that we were going to have to do this battle. But uh, I think we stepped up to take the challenge on to make a difference. So like the next band like us, even though we're in like our mid twenties or whatever, but like, but by the time we're like 35, um, the next band like us that's younger doesn't have to deal with these issues because we made a difference, you know? Yeah. We, we can help, you know, yeah. it's, it's so hard when history repeats itself like that, you know, when people in power continue just taking it back and taking it back and taking it back and, and restricting other people and people of color from living in this world comfortably also like it's kind of morbidly funny that there's this perceived white ownership over genres like pop punk when white artists and labels have been appropriating every genre of like black and black and latin music since like the early 1900s i mean you know blues jazz rock and roll disco hip-hop like reggaeton like all of these things why, why do you think there's such a pushback as far as punk is concerned i, I think it's a lack of like understanding music history because uh, I think what you just said, people don't know. Like when rock was formed, it was off of stealing from black blues artists, like the Rolling Stones, even like, and the Beatles even admitted to that. They were stealing riffs and songs from these artists and claiming it's their own because at the time, like, there's still segregation. There was still like, like you, you're black, you can't um, be part of this radio station or Latin, whatever. So like, I think it was taken by white people and then popularized through there. And then it just that mind frame of like, oh, the Beatles created this or like, oh, Led Zeppelin, whatever. And then when punk was started, it was like we had the bad brains, you know, right. But it all comes from like blues artists and and it was just taken, you know. And when we like there, we have posts where like hundreds of people clearly don't know their like music history or un understand that uh, minorities created this genre, you know. Right. And even in punk spaces, like you said, Bad Brains, there was also like death and x-ray specs yeah. like they were they were like right up there with the Ramones at the very beginning of this. Yes. I, yeah. I, I just think <laughs> also it has to do with people. There wasn't a lot of like POC artists like growing up, like not a ton, you know, like we, we definitely had some. But like I feel like with bands like Name Me at the Altar, Pink Shift, um, Kenny Hoopla, all of us doing like punk and pop punk and like metal and all this stuff. I think that's going to start to make a change in people's minds who are like ignorant or, you know, or just kind of brainwashed into thinking a certain, certain way, you mm, know? Exactly. Yeah, people, people tend to subscribe to the idea that white people own things and white people deserve things just because they're white and just because that's how it's, you know, quote unquote, always been. But it's not the case. It doesn't have to be the case and it shouldn't have ever been the case. It should have always been that people that create things put that out and it's theirs. They get ownership over it. Nobody else gets to just take it and take advantage of it. And I think we live in this world, especially, you know, with the strikes going on, that there are a lot of instances where creative property is just fucking taken. It's yeah, taken it's by people because they have power, because they already have the, the stature in the world. And 
that keeps putting people down. It keeps, it keeps people from being successful. It keeps people from thriving. <laughs> it's just, it's just a weird being, it, it's not weird, but it, it sucks being in bands that is like uh, uh, primarily like um, POC and you have to deal with like labels. Uh, you have to deal with venue owners. You have to deal with the industry. You have to deal with the people. All these forms to try to stop you from being a big artist and making a change. And that's been our biggest fight at every level. We don't have it like the same as like a Blink-182, you know, mm-hmm. where it's just like, you make a good song, here's your opportunity. It's like, you make a song, now you have to make your own opportunity. That's the difference, you know? Right. Yeah. And, and like being like a white artist in this space, like that's not presumed to be part of your story, right? It's like they are a pop punk band, but then you are the black and Latin pop punk band. It's like, mm. like all of a sudden everything's viewed through that lens. And it's like, you know, we're just artists, you know, why do you have to like make like the barriers to entry so high? Yeah. I, I think uh, I got the best advice from like my producer, Andy, uh, Karpovic when we were like dealing with like oh like they're gonna put this on us is like flip it and use it on them you know if Mm. they're gonna put this is the battle you have to fight and then this is what you have to put on it own it and then flip it on them and then make yourself bigger and make a positive change at the end of the day so that's what that's our like our main goal as a band like besides like the music and the art aspect we have like motivation in a different way yeah you know, I was going to ask one more question before we moved on, but that is like such a good button to our conversation. But we still have some fun before we go. Who would like to play a game of hashtag mood? Let's do it. Heck yes. Me. There's a theme song and this is it. Thank you, as always, to Jacob Jeffries and Jesse McGinty for that amazing hashtag mood theme song. In fact, Jacob Jeffries, I believe, has started releasing new music again. So, like, go and check it out. He's one of our favorite artists. He's been on the show before. He made us that song. So, like, pay it forward, everybody. But what is hashtag mood, you ask? Hashtag mood is the game we like to play at the end of every show to flex our playlist building skills. What we do is go over to the Tunes and Tumblr's inbox. We have a voicemail. We have a text service. We also have our Instagram DMs. And people have written in. These are fans of the bands that we interview. This is fans of the show. This is my mom every once in a while writing in so that I can make her a playlist. And that's what we do. We take those and we use them as inspiration to create the ultimate playlist. What's up, Kaylin? Did we lose all the carrier pigeons? We still haven't set up the carrier pigeons. That's his, that is Eric's job, and he has not done it yet. Uh, We're trying to do like okay. a Mike Tyson mysteries thing where we get all of our uh, all of our moods delivered by pigeon. It's going to happen, I think. I don't know. Eric didn't even show up today, so. <laughs> it's okay. Maybe he's stuck out in Burning Man with everyone else. First is from at swag1sam underscore. Everyone's tags are just like, so interesting. And anyway, they want a playlist for stress about new beginnings. I have a I have a song. Do uh, it. It's by, it's by Hail the Sun. It's called Relax and Divide. It's it's like about that and it transitions perfectly into that subject. Mm-hmm. Can you say it again for me? My brain just was like, huh? 
Uh, Hail the no, sun. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, Anthony. Sorry. What? Yeah. what about me? The actual mood. Oh, <laughs> the, the mood. mood. Stress yeah. about new beginnings. Thank you. I'm going to pick one by the band Magnolia Park called Paralyzed mm. because, you know, the idea of being able to move through your trauma to something new, we're all addicted to it and it's difficult to move through. Like, I think that that's great. Like, there is so much stress about being able to move on. So, Paralyzed. And I'm going to think of another one here because I think because there's only three of us today, like everyone should pick two. I think I'm going to go with <laughs> I know I already talked about Kid Bloom's new album, but I'm going to go with Shaky Knees by Kid Bloom. Kind of self-explanatory. I think like I got to go with Stick Season by <laughs> Noah Kahan. I just like, you know, that whole album, but that song in particular, the idea of this malaise and being home for the holidays, but also feeling like you are stagnating in your own life. Like that, I think that is something that I resonate with deeply every time that I've like gone home for Thanksgiving or Christmas, like since I was an adult. Being able to, number one, honor where you came from and like being able to connect with people, but also think like, where's my life gone? That, that is something that is really difficult to reconcile, I think. So yeah, I mean, I love Noah. Like he's just, he's killing it right now. He's truly killing it. He's getting the recognition he deserves finally. And anytime you get to do a song with Post Malone, I feel like you've made it. That's probably true. My second song is going to be Afraid to Fail by Elohim. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it puts you back into that late 90s, early 2000s club scene. Or like you're, uh, you know, waiting in line for Six Flags. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love it. Tristan, do you have one more to wrap this up? Yeah, I'm going to go with Deftones Cherry Waves. And I don't know if that has anything to do with the topic, but uh, <laughs> it's mostly like uh, moaning and saying um, sexual phrases uh, in the song. But it sounds cool. So there you go. Sometimes Love it's it. the vibe, I think. Like, vibes can perfectly capture a mood without the song being expressly about said mood. It's getting to be that time. I need to sober up from this passion eater that Kaylin made me drink. And uh, we all have very busy schedules on this glorious Saturday afternoon. So before we go, do y'all have anything you'd like to plug? I would like to plug our street team. They make us like really cool gifts like this. Um, what Magnolia is it? Park Street. Funko, it's like a Funko Pop. Funko Pop of like the band members. They made one Aww. for each band member. Super cute. Uh, shouts out to them. And then, um, yeah. Our, and then we have a Discord. It's just Magnolia Park. And then as well as we have a new song dropping called Animal, September 12th. It's um, It will melt your face. And then Freddie will come over and mess up your bathroom if you listen to it. So get ready for that. We're going to put the link to that that one <laughs> in the description so scroll down there listeners and check it out be an animal <laughs> thank you guys for joining us and thank you freddie for coming in at the very end and saving us all of course thank you for having or, us. or dooming us all who knows <laughs> doom doom don't forget to check out Magnolia Park on tour. They're, they're going in the fall here, and we are definitely going to check you out when you roll through Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. And thank Absolutely. you all for listening to Tunes and Tumblers. Tunes and Tumblers is an Atwood Magazine podcast and a member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Be sure to follow us on every platform. Also, please rate and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us out so much. 
And if you go into the episode description and scroll to the very bottom, you can sign up for our Patreon. Every dollar goes to keeping the lights on and getting supplies to make these delicious drinks. Plus, there are tons of perks for you to enjoy, like our Discord server, where once a month, Eric will answer any question you have. Um, we, we think that he will say more than I don't know for every question, but we'll get there. Tunes and Tumblers. No promises. Was, <laughs> no promises. Tunes and Tumblers was produced, as always, by Drew Franzblau and researched by Lily Eason. Jamie Kahn handles all our digital content. Our theme song is by the band New New Girlfriend. Our hashtag mood jingle comes to us from Jacob Jeffries and Jesse McGinty. And until next time, cheers. 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 It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.